Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Code Untapped Tech Talk. I'm Ez. And I'm Jay. And we're going to be discussing everything coding, tech, and startup related. So, welcome to yet another Code Untapped Tech Talk. So, Jason, how are you doing, mate? Oh, busy, 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 as, as always, you know. <laughs> I know, I know. You, you've, you've had a busy few weeks. You just got um, your startup app out into the market just the other week, didn't you? Yeah, so uh, mid-March, we launched it into Google Play Store and the App Store as well, Ez. That was good. Amazing, uh, we amazing. Yeah. Only a year late, but it's there. <laughs> <laughs> Better late than never, Ez. Better late than never. Yeah, It's fantastic. We, Oh, yeah, I mean, it's it's good and people are really getting the value out of it. I mean, we launched with uh, being able to, businesses that are onboarded on the platform are able to offer their customers Klarna credit yeah. and they're able to, you know, their customers can pay them with credit cards as well. So that's really, really good. That was a good feature that we wanted to get out. And we have a two-way flow, two-way invoicing flow within the same chat. That was a great feature to get out as well. Um, and yeah, we've already onboarded 30 businesses and we've booked over right. 100k worth of invoicing in that time in the month. In, so that's in really first good. month, you booked over first 100k. Month. Yeah. So this is, this wow. is really, really okay. good. And um, what have we done? And yeah, the, the technology roadmap is, is is moving on a pace as well. We've added Apple Pay as well to, uh, and we've done a lot of work around improving the uh, Stripe onboarding workflow as well for our customers. Yeah, we've, in fact, I was doing a release today actually. So we've just the, the release going out today. Uh, hot off the press, we'll have uh, Stripe onboarding for sole traders as well. So you don't need to well have done. a. Yeah, so you don't need to have a company account. Yeah, you don't need to have a company or anything like that to get onboarded and you know use the services of Yom for your for your for your sole trader business as well. Yeah. So, so you know what? This sounds a bit like a pitch right here. And actually, today <laughs> we're, we're, it's all about how to pitch your startup, right? And how to give the perfect pitch. Marketplace for freelancers and traders. And so absolutely, on. absolutely. So, um, you know, I know, obviously, I spend a lot of time working with founders. I've built my own startup. I advise a whole bunch of organizations. I attend, you know, I judge for all sorts of pitching competitions and the rest. I'm actually judging one for um, for another startup, another organization. I can't remember who. Is it Hustle Tree? I think I'm doing that one for in, in the next few weeks, which should be um, should be really interesting. But um, how are you finding it? How, how's the uh, pitching experience for you so far? It's interesting because um, I was pitching to um, sort of VCs earlier on in January. Yeah. <laughs> and um, there was a big improvement from uh, when I first did my very, very first pitch, pitch. There was like a really, really big improvement. I think that's because the the vision had matured over time in my mind yeah and we were more focused on what the um our sort of our go-to-market features were so i could really talk to those features and so it was much i think it was much easier it was much clearer in my mind as well and i really prepared as well yeah so that i had i was I was up on my financials. I was up on the roadmap. I knew what we wanted to build. I knew what my, my sort of, I had a, a fair idea what my competitors were doing and right. what our unique U, UFP was as well. So I could t- talk on all of those points, but 
it's interesting because now I'm starting, now the app is out and really the conversation talks to traction and mm-hmm. how you're going to build on that traction. And that's what, that's the expectation I think of the, uh, of the angels or the VCs that I'm going to be speaking to. Yeah. Of the investors that I'm going to be pitching to. So we really got to communicate that and they really want to know about the vision as well. They really want to know that there is, there is more to, yeah, there's more to the yeah. story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So you've been on a bit of a crash course. So give, give yeah, it it's been on a bit of a crash course. So I'm going to ask you some questions, actually. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm I'm gonna ask you. Day, right? So what, what would you have wanted to know when, when you were, when you started out? And obviously, I've given you a bit of advice and feedback and the rest. So I think it'd be great to get some of your questions around. I would, I mean, um, I it's, it's interesting because... <laughs> We really focused, it's interesting because we really focused on, we really focused on the deck, yeah, mm-hmm. more than the pitch. So, and we wanted the deck to look clean and we wanted the deck to mirror the app. Yeah. So we wanted it to look clean and and uh, professional and to the point. But actually what we found was interesting. What we found is that the deck itself, because it was so clean, it was almost too clean. It was like too clinical and it missed a lot of the, the deep. And it was like, it's interesting because a lot of the conversations that I would be having with people, they ain't in your deck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in your deck. And yeah. And yeah, you didn't, you didn't communicate that. And oh, if you'd have told me that. And, mm-hmm. and then this is where you realize that, that when you're pitching, you really need to talk. The deck is almost like just to, like you said, it's just to get you in the door. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's like a teaser. The deck is like a teaser, but the real, um, the real like icing on the cake, the real stub substance comes, I think, from your pitch. I think it comes from your pitch. It has to come from your pitch. Yeah. They have to see that there is more than, you know, just a pretty app or, you know, they have to see where is this going what is yep. the problem here? And is this prob- problem big enough? Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people are going to want to pay to solve it. Yeah. Is Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And can why are people going to use this? Yeah. Yeah. And, it's, and, and, can, and can it scale? And I mean, when I say can it scale, it's not can the problem scale, but you solve this problem. But does that mean that mm-hmm. actually, um, does the solution that you've provided to this solve problem? maybe even solve uh, a problem in another space yeah uh-huh. as well yeah so is there another area that's very similar to the area that you're focusing on that has a similar problem that if you made a slight tweak or a change in the way that your process or the service that you're delivering works you could solve their problem as well so right. actually could you solve uh, can the solution that you provide almost solve the problem for multiple verticals essentially yeah mm-hmm. is so that's that, that's one way of looking at it and because even because you might be focusing on a particular vertical and that vertical actually might not have enough to actually wet the appetite of a particular you know yeah. of one of those you know a big big vc investor no, but absolutely but it might whet the appetite of an angel investor. Yeah, it might right. be, they might see that actually, you know, this could make a pretty good exit in maybe four or five years. And, you know, it might exit with 20 million or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that could be sufficient, yeah? But maybe that's not enough for a VC. Maybe the v, what mm-hmm. a VC wants is that, you know, is a 25 times, ex, uh, 25 yeah. times multiple. And hence, they're going to be looking for solutions that can maybe scale across verticals, yeah? 
or and territories, or and, and territories, yeah, or yeah, or even if it doesn't scale across verticals, it goes up the vertical. So you own the whole stack of the vertical. Right. So that's so there's different ways of scaling your business as well. And that's what I think needs to come out when you're pitching that actually your vision is that you can take it this way and that way. Yeah. yeah. And there is scope to do that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, absolutely. I think it's it's great how much you've taken on board through this process, right? As you built out your deck as you started your your mm-hmm. pitching process. Um but come on, what what question would you ask me then? You know, if you're if you're an starting out as a founder, just getting your first pitch deck together, what do you think are the most important questions you'd have um, for for me as an, as an investor? Well, I think I'd ask is I'd think I'd ask what not to say. What are okay. the things that you definitely shouldn't say? In a <laughs> no, that's that's a good question. It is surprising what gets said in 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 startups. I'd start with one of the number one notes for me is there is no competition, right? We're the only company doing this. Now that may be true, right? Maybe, but I would be very very surprised if it were, right? You know, unless you're literally exactly, you know, a PhD student researching a brand new piece of technology that does not exist, I guarantee you someone else is doing it. And even then, I promise you someone's trying to solve the same problem as you and doing the same kind of research as you somewhere else. So you just never want to hear that that phrase that you know there's there's no one else doing this, we're the we're the only people in the game. Because it, it sends a whole bunch of messages. One, it tells me you haven't done your homework, right? Which says you don't, you're not diligent, right? And that's a worry because it, it tells me that you're 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 doing this on a wing and a prayer. There's been very little actual research that's taken place. Either that, or you're lying to me, right? And you know that there's competition, and you just don't want to admit to it because you're afraid of telling me that there's competition, or you're just lazy. Right, and you can't be bothered to do the research, let alone um, trying to do this out of pure uh, what's the word um, vision of your own. You just can't be bothered to do the research. So those are all bad reasons for it. But here's the other thing: even if you are genuinely the first, that's not always a good thing, because mm. being the first means you need to educate the market, and that comes onto my other. Next thing I don't really like hearing in a pitch, which is we need to educate the market about our product. And you see this quite a lot with um, startups who are doing something that they feel is quite unique and quite novel, which is that we need to educate our users about why this product is so great. Okay, come back to me in five years' time once you've educated the market because... Because while you're doing that, you're not making any money. <laughs> exactly. It's just time, it's cost, it's expense. And yeah. at the end of that, you're then going to need to raise some more cash, but you won't have any traction. You'll have educated a whole bunch of people. But mm. the other problem with that is that once you've taken up the cost of educating the market and you actually achieve that, other people just leapfrog over you. Yeah. And they exactly. just take advantage of the space you've now created. And you see this happening quite a lot. So that's why you don't always want to be the first 
to the market. Mm. Sometimes it's better to be second. Okay. Mm. So those are two, two big things that I hear. Um, another one, I guess, is when startups say, oh, we've never really thought about exit. Right. Okay. Well, why do you think I'm here? <laughs> right. Our whole purpose <laughs> is that we have to exit. When, when we invest, we, we don't believe there's an exit opportunity here. Well, then why would we put any money into this business? So we appreciate you might not want to exit anytime soon and you're looking at, say, a five to 10-year time horizon. That's fine. That's great. But I want to know that there's some thought to it. Um, you know, I guess other, other, other things, I think those are probably the key ones, right? It's really about understanding your market and understanding you know, what the future looks like for your business. Mm. I guess the other one that you never want to hear is that, uh, this is a 10 million pound business, right? You know, we're, we're targeting a small market. Yeah. Well, why are you speaking to a VC investor if that's what you're doing, right? Because for a VC fund of any significant size, you know, you need to be building a business that can generate 40 to 50 million in annual revenue in the next yeah. five to 10 years, realistically, right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, there's no point. Um, and that's not, not because it's not a good business, but because the fund can't generate the kind of return that it needs. So I think those are probably my core core challenges that I face. I'm sure there are all sorts of mm. other things that would come to mind throughout our conversation. But if I hear those, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is gonna, red flags, isn't it? The red flags. This is going to be a problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, so what next? What next? So, another what question next? I've got, so another question I've got is, should you tailor your pitch to the investor that you're speaking to? Or right. not, because it's interesting. Is because you almost right. So you you're you know you're you're a t- startup founder and you've got your grand vision and you know you want to execute yeah. and da, 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 da. but then actually it's almost is it like a job interview? Because you know you know you know the um, the general consensus for job interviews is that you know you really make sure that you do your research on that firm and find out you know all the things you can. And you make sure that you know you look at the job spec and you tailor, you know, your, you know, you, you tailor your CV, yeah. tailor your your introductory letter to match, you know, so that really th- there's a good match there. Yeah. Yeah. So should you be looking to do that with your pitch, or should mm-hmm. your pitch be the same regardless of yeah. your pitching to? Yeah. What what would you recommend? What's your so, what's your thought on that? That that's a really good question. Personally. I think it's more important to find the right investors for your company, given the stage that you're at, and then build a pitch deck that is appropriate to the stage and type of investor that you're speaking to, as opposed to adjust your pitch deck to each investor. Because A, that's going to take mm-hmm. a big time commitment and waste of resources. Mm-hmm. And B, if you're constantly chopping and changing your pitch and your approach, it's never going to sound right. It's never going to flow. It always mm. looks a bit haphazard. A bit haphazard yeah. and a bit, you know, trite. And you see a deck and you see your company, your fund's name in the middle of it. And you know, we're building mm. it. It's just like, come on, guys, really? Mm. Um, but absolutely, if you're pre seed, pre revenue, you need to be thinking about what kind of investors should you be speaking to and what are the mm. things that they look for in your deck, mm. which basically comes down to. Um, really understanding the problem 
and really understanding your market and getting a good, strong sense of your vision and who you are as a founder, right? So you're looking for investors who believe in that space, recognize mm-hmm. there's a problem there, like the solution that you've come up with, believe in the vision that you're putting together, um, mm-hmm. and ultimately believe in the team. And these are super, super early stage investors. Traction is important, right? No matter what stage you're at, but it becomes more important as you grow. At this mm-hmm. first stage, really, when you're talking about traction, it's all about um, what can I show as traction? It's not always necessarily revenue. Sometimes mm-hmm. it might just be I've signed up thousands of companies on my wait list mm-hmm. and X number have shown, you know, written a letter of intent, or I've done a number of pilots, I've done this, 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 Any, or I've got a social media following of you know, 20,000 people, blah, 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 whatever it might be. But whatever that traction figure, it's important that you can show that. As you go down the line and you get into later stages of investing, what they really want to see is execution, right? Mm. They want to see how much of, you know, how, how's your go-to-market um, strategy operating? Um, what are you doing in terms of sales and revenue generation? What does that future pipeline now look like off the back of this? What comparables do you have that show what your trajectory now looks like compared to everyone else and are you beating it they want to see the graphics and see the graphs they want to see that right so i think it's really that as i said um customizing your pitch not your deck but your, your pitch and yes your deck to a degree to the type of investor and stage that your business is at as opposed to the individual investor mm. Yeah, yeah, I think that really, really makes sense, actually. Definitely. <laughs> I've had experience with that. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And it just becomes it becomes a challenge. Don't get me wrong, your pitch deck will continue to evolve. It will. Every mm. pitch will inform some change and you'll make some tweaks, modifications, you'll get positive, negative feedback, and it'll continue to grow. But that's the pitch deck evolving because it should, mm. not because you're trying to target it at a yeah. specific investor. Yeah, mm. Okay, cool. So really, um, so this is interesting because what you're really saying is that your pitch almost should represent the authentic state of your business. Yeah. Mm. So it shouldn't be, it definitely shouldn't be um, trying to be molded to match the investors at all. Yeah. If anything. Yeah. You've got to be really yeah. careful with that because mm. you, fall, you can fall into the trap of almost misleading your investors. Right. Yeah. Well, this is what we think you want to see. Great. Right? Mm. You know, then you become Theranos, right? And then you, mm. you, you don't you don't want to be doing that. And actually, investors are getting a lot hotter on what is the core unit economics, what is the business model behind the startup. Don't get me wrong, there's still startups out there cra- raising crazy amounts, but mm. for most of us, that's that's really what it's time to focus on. So that's interesting that you mentioned um, the the financials. So are you really saying that your pitch so your pitch definitely changes as your mm. as the stage as your startup progresses through the various stages of investment and they and the pitch they expect to look for different elements in the pitch depending on those different stages yeah yeah so i know so we're really focused on you know early stage yeah mm-hmm. so what would be the most important things that you would want to hear at an early stage? Yeah, so I'm talking about, you know, either ideation phase or like pre-seed. Right. 
Yeah. So yeah. what are the really important things that you would feel are the most important things? Because like you said, at that stage, you haven't really got the traction to bring out all the fancy graphs and talk about yeah. the projections and stuff like that, because it is it is a projection. Yeah, you yeah. haven't got the, the numbers to actually say, right, actually, this is actual, this is actuality. We are actually, you know, following this projection path. So what, what are the yeah. things that you really want to hear? Yeah, so, so you've told me what you don't want to hear. So now tell me yeah, what yeah. you want to hear. No, no. I, I mean, I think at a really early stage, people always focus on the idea. Actually, mm-hmm. it's on understanding the problem, mm-hmm. right? Um, because people think they know the problem, they think they understand it, and if they don't, if they don't see that the problem is significant, they step away, right? Because it's like, well, why should I care, right? Because the issue, if you don't have a genuine problem, is that investors will go, okay, all right, I get it, it's a problem, but there are already solutions for this, and they're good enough. Right. Mm. And this is actually a problem that most startups have as well, is that they think there's a problem and there isn't really one. Right. And they build a solution and customers just aren't interested. And this is why we always ask for that early traction, because we want to see that you've actually identified a problem and you've been able to execute on it. So I think really understanding what the problem is that you're trying to solve. And then having a solution that really fits for this, that does something that the market doesn't cater for today, right? There must be something in that solution I can look at and go, right, no, you're right. No one's really solving this problem in this way right now. And I can see why people would want to adopt this solution, right? Now, is the market big enough for this? Does it get to us? Mm. Okay. Yeah, it does. Okay, there are other people trying to solve this problem. The way you've solved the problem, there's something here that no one else has quite realized or is quite doing yet or can do because they're not you. And that's mm. when it comes on to then the team. And who are the team behind mm. them? Why is this team so special? Why is this team able to do this? So these are all the core things that you're really focused on. Everything else adds to that, you know, really helps inform the picture. And absolutely, always, again, traction will be the thing that seals the deal for most Mm. of these. Often, you can't even get them interested unless you can really describe the problem effectively, right? Mm. Once you get people interested, the rest tends to be more, you know, just as you go, right? It It just kind of falls into place. But you have to get them interested in the problem. And that can be difficult. As you've as you've seen, Joe, yeah. certain areas, it can be hard to get people interested in the problems. Like, well, is it really a problem? So mm. trying to really get that across is actually really critical at early stage. Series B company that's got 50 million, you know, or 10, 20 million in revenue is now well known in space. You're gonna get my attention. Yeah. <laughs> you proved it. Yeah, yeah. You proved that there, yeah, people are prepared to pay for the solution. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You've proven it. Now I want to know what your vision is. What's the future? How does this become an IPOable company? Right. Mm. But at the early stage, it's is this a product that people want? That's really mm. what it comes down to. Mm. And so is I know we we come across a lot of um companies on a lot of startups with uh multiple founders, yeah. Mm. And um, one of the one of the questions that one of the things that I always see is sometimes is what's the best approach? Should one of the founders take the lead in the pitch, 
or yeah. should you know or should um all of the founders sort of contribute to the pitch yeah, yeah. what's your views on that yeah i don't like multiple people pitching i think it's clumsy um it doesn't flow very well usually they don't understand the pitch as well as the found normally one person owns it as well that just doesn't really work and then it gets there's awkward breaks and pauses in between who's controlling so if you want to really give a good quality pitch i always say have one person take the lead and they are the core person who gives that pitch but then the rest of the team are there both to show but a to show that they're there also b to help answer questions Right. Mm. And that's really what's more important. So I, I have, I believe, one person to give the pitch, the rest of the team to show up and to answer questions. And it doesn't mean the whole company, but just key individuals from the, from the founding team who can answer questions about technology or sales strategy or fundraising strategy, whatever it might be. Mm. It's interesting. I think we've adopted that approach uh, when, I've, or, or when I've had previous partners in the company, we've got them. Mm. I focus on the pitch and then uh, other members would say, talk, would say, do the demo. Yeah. And show mm-hmm. the, and show the app and stuff like that. And it seemed to work, but yeah, there can be a definite disjoint, especially when you're moving from one presenter to another presenter. Absolutely. It's natural, isn't it? It's just natural. Yeah. There's a break. Absolutely. There. And I, I yeah. think we're just about to run out of time actually. So, you know, before you go. Yeah. So yeah. what is the, what would you consider to be the most, Import, what would be the most important advice that you'd give to a young startup who's about to, you know, prepare a pitch? Maybe they're preparing a pitch for say like YC or Tech Nation or one of the accelerators or something like that, and they really want to make that good impression. What's the what's the one thing bit of advice you'd give them? Oh, that's a that's a hard question. I think um, really understand what your business is, right? really get really internalize it and internalize that message that you want to give to everybody else and focus on why people like your product right because that's the thing that people will remember and then off everything else flows from there i would say okay excellent i think that's some great advice there is thank you very much for educating us today and um I won't say carry on coding this time, guys, because we're talking about pitches. So <laughs> practice your pitch. Carry on practicing your pitch and preparing your pitch decks. <laughs> awesome, man. So look, that's that's been that's been great. Thank you, Jay, for some really great questions there. But you know what? What's clear just from this chat is there's so much more that we could talk about, right? Yeah. And I think what's pretty special is um, going forwards, Code Untapped will be running. Um, pitch days on the first Friday of every month at the Code Untapped studio in Sydenham. And, uh, you know, we're already fully booked for uh, the next two months, but we'll be opening up slots in July shortly. So uh, keep an eye out for them, okay? And see you guys soon. See you guys soon. And see you at the studio. All right, take it easy.